0: Hello and welcome to the Two Dyspraxics. I'm Matty Munson.
1: And I'm Barbara Neal. So before we get started on today's episode, we just want to have a little update because fairly recently we were talking about room 102 and things that irritate or um, irritate us or that we don't like. That we want to put into room 102 which is obviously next door to room 101 Yeah, and maybe. one of mine was the organic nature of banana skins because i just can't bear them it's after you've extracted the edible part of the banana and you're left with this mass of organic material in your hand and i don't like that so i wanted to put that into room 102 and um matthew decided that he would need to observe how he feels the next time he had a handful of this organic matter and we'll come back to it. So it didn't actually make it into room 102, but I think we're about to find out whether it finally has or not. Because you know
0: what, (laughs) the morning after we had that conversation, Barbara, I I actually, better than testing it on myself, I tested it on my 10-year-old son. Because... (laughs) That's right. what you really surely. It's the only reason you have children, isn't it? yeah. Um, oh, naturally. <laughs> I had a banana for breakfast and I had the organic mass of the peel left afterwards. And we were sat at the dining table and I said "Said to Brian, oh, Brian, take this from me and could you please put it in the food waste bin? And it, he, normally, I just do it myself, you know, but yeah. I do it that morning. So I yeah. put it into his hand. He doesn't normally eat many bananas. He's not really a banana fan. So he took this, mass into his hand. And, and he, he looked at him and he went, this is horrible. Brilliant! Brilliant. I, I, I mean, went, what, what is horrible about it? And he went, it feels disgusting, it's slimy, and it's horrible. Good lad. And I went, All right, okay. <laughs> so, in short, Barbara, I have to say, I'm going to defer to my son on this one, I because I, 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 having touched it that morning as well, I can see your point so I think I think it has to go into room 102
1: bless you and absolutely that's the right decision that's been made there so the organic nature of banana skins it shouldn't be allowed <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you'd get around it but
0: it no be allowed. I, we'd have to kind of come talk to some biologists about that I think but
1: oh mind you I was talking about this in our writers group last night we have um Zoom meetings, obviously, Mm. at the moment, which is just as well, because uh, one member of our writers group has now moved up to Shropshire, but she can still join in, as we all can via Zoom. (laughs) And um, we were talking about our podcasts, and so I mentioned Room 102, and I also mentioned desert island stuff and I also Uh how could I lie to you and the fact that we wouldn't dream of ripping off our favourite programmes obviously but they just happen to coincide and have similarities but um, as far as the organic nature of banana skins is concerned I did mention that Mm. and one of my writer's group friends said did you know that apparently banana skins can be dried and smoked apparently some people dry them and smoke them Mm to get some interesting effects. I had no idea about that. I'd never heard of that. Oh, well. and, um, and someone else, one of the other members of Writers Group, added that um, at the top of Ben Nevis, where people... There's actually... No, I'll, I'll start again at the bottom, at the foot of Ben Nevis. Mm. Um, there's a, a sign which says, please take your banana skins home. <laughs> Which is very, or words to that effect, I don't know if that's the exact wording. It is quite specific, well, very specific, because apparently people take bananas up there because it's good for, um, you know, to keep them going, good for energy and so on. Mm. And so at the top of Ben Nevis, there's a, a whole load of banana skins that tend to get left behind so that's um, quite interesting actually having said that I'm not sure maybe the sign was at the top I can't honestly remember because this was only last night and oh, well, you you know, I've, got I've got the memory of a
0: goldfish does that then mean that Ben Nevis is getting slowly taller as these uh, banana skins sort of pile on to one another
1: yes and whether there's snow up there or not it's very slippery I understand <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, um. <laughs>
1: So there's no clowning around on Ben Nevis. Oh. <laughs> oh.
0: On that note.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, I think I that think we've thoroughly and well and truly put the organic nature of banana skins into room 102, yes. where they belong, where it time. belongs rather.
0: It's We'd better to move the, on. So over to you, Matthew. So today, we've actually, we've actually had a request through today. Um, from Carrie, uh, who, who who I actually know, she's a, she's a friend of mine actually, who who also has well, she shares something with us in that she's also dyslexic, um, and she lives relatively local to uh, me. Uh, to me. Um <coughs> speakers so occasionally I, I don't see her very often, but occasionally I see her walking to work in the morning or getting the bus opposite from where I live, so I do see her every now and then. Um, and she was she was kind of interested in. Um, I was about to say the organic na- nature of banana skin. No, no, um, no one's
1: interested in that.
0: <laughs> no. But she was interested in kind of any thoughts you had on sort of tiredness, fatigue, maybe when relating to dyspraxia. Particularly, you know, do we find that we might get more tired, more fatigue because we're dyspraxic? Does not have anything to do with it. From that, I may presume that Carrie might experience that and maybe she feels that's connected to her dyspraxia um do, Bob, do you do you do you feel do, do you get any uh, fatigue or tiredness and do you feel it's connected i suppose they're... yes okay
1: yes in, in short i'll say yes because when you think about the act of walking um for a dyspraxic person we have to really think about it mm. more so than than someone who is neurotypical <laughs> The act of eating without making a mess, we have to really put some effort into it. Writing anything by hand, is very hard going. So, I mean, in other words, everything we do has to have more thought, more consideration, more energy put into it than than it would for a neurotypical person. So, of course, it stands to reason that that's going to be tiring. So I would say a resounding yes to that. Mm. Um, I think also coupled with the fact that as we get older and I'm now well into my sixties. I'm actually closer to seventy than sixty, which is well, you know, I find it hilarious, really. I because, right. But yeah. I, I yeah, didn't
0: really thought about yeah. that, but
1: yeah. I'm in I'm in my late sixties now, which is um, you know, it's bizarre, but hey, that's that's yet another story. But um also as I get older I find that I do tire a lot more easily than I used to. So I think part of that is down to aging anyway. Mm. And part of it is because I still have to put all that extra effort into walking, eating, everything I do, basically, because of the dyspraxia. So, yes, I would say yes. I mean, how do you feel about it? Yeah,
0: I think yeah. To to I've always uh, yeah. I I guess I suppose in a sense because we've got nothing to compare it to because we've always been dyspraxic. This is
1: yeah.
0: kind of normal to us, isn't it? Yeah. In, in in how we yeah. feel. Sorry, I thought I'd turn my tablet off in the background, so if that noise <laughs> comes up. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. I. Yeah, I, I th- actually interesting. I find. Because I'm, I'm, I'm very late, so I'm I'm on the cusp of turning 40, uh, 40 in a couple of months, and I, I, certainly as I've approached middle age, I I find that's become more pronounced. You know, yeah. And, and I think for me, my my recovery time. From things it has has taken longer, and what I mean by that is this is a perfect example earlier i i had a I got a little bit of a like a chill at the end part of last week sort of Friday Saturday of last week i felt it really knocked me for six you know it was it was like a cold chilly type thing like in my bones little but I really ate about two or three days and and you know when I was probably in my early twenties i probably knocked i probably shake it off in a day or two, you know. Um, so today's Wednesday, and today is probably the first day that I feel good. Like I feel okay, you know. So I think right. I think my my recovery time from things is extending now. Whether that's p- purely an age thing, I don't think it is. I think that's age plus dyspraxia because I'm also having to, as you say, um, you know, think about how I'm eating um you know plan my route down the flight of the stairs and really concentrate on that that's taking my extra energy up him to 10 year old son you know during easter holiday that's never to be going to you know cause a tiredness but that's yeah. but i i feel more tired this time than i did last year in the easter holidays for example um yeah i, I yeah i feel like i'm <clears throat> it's taking me longer to recover from things these days um It's 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 a weird sensation. I think my I think I feel like my dyspraxia is becoming more noticeable with age in in a way.
1: Yes, I think I'd I'd agree with that because, um, yeah, I have. Well, I think it's normal to have. um, I don't like the word normal, but it's usual, shall we say, Mm. to have um, days where the dyspraxia seems to be more pronounced than other days. And there seem to be more of those as I get older. Mm. You know, there there are some days when I'm walking, for example, and I'm having to put more energy than ever into just staying in a straight line and just putting one foot in front of another. So, um, yes, I mean, that that definitely is the case, I think, you know, where where it does become more pronounced as time goes by. But um, I think, you know... I'm very mindful of the fact that this shouldn't be all doom and gloom and sounds, Oh dear me, I'm so tired all the time because I think it's it's important to come up with ways of dealing with it. And,
0: Final, uh, do you know what, Bob? I was actually, I literally had it in my head and I was thinking exactly that same thing because I think right. because as because we get older as well, the, the, the flip side to that, and yeah, sometimes I think we can get that good, but actually the plus side is that we've we learn more coping strategies and more adaptations and become more creative because we've been around the block a few times, you know, we're we're not the first flush of youth at 18, 20 years old. You know, we, we're a few decades on from that. And and actually we, 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 we know what works. We know what doesn't work so we can focus on new stuff. We can actually be more innovative with working out how to figure out stuff differently. And we just don't care if something doesn't work we go okay Nap off we're gonna try something else instead
1: exactly and something that that I feel very strongly about is that it's really important for us to take a rest when we need a rest. Yeah. yeah I think um I think there's always been too much emphasis on like you must be doing something you must be productive you must be you know you can't be stopping you mustn't be lazy mm. and um and I'm <laughs> I think that's to our detriment very often because it's really, really important to know when you need a rest. And we were talking about this. Actually, we talk about all manner of things in our writers group. It's amazing, not just about writing, but but we were talking about the importance of having a rest and about tackling things in small doses, Mm. because um, I've done something recently. I mean, it sounds a bit daft, really, but I had um, a lot of decluttering to do. And a lot of rearranging to do to accommodate a new bed. And that's a very long drawn out story, which I won't go into now. But in order to do that, I looked at the whole task and thought, this is too overwhelming. Can't face it. And then I thought, OK, well, I'll just do a little bit. So I just did a little bit and it was fine. You know, so, right, well, I'll, I'll do something different now. I'm not I'm not carrying on with that and not beating myself up about it because I think there's a tendency for us to say right that job needs doing depending on the job itself obviously yeah. but but there's there's usually a way of just doing something just doing a little bit tackling a bite-sized chunk then doing something else or having a rest if you need a rest but having a rest from that particular task uh-huh. and then then you can go back to it you can be more efficient that yes. way you
0: know and that's if, it, if that's exactly it not not feeling guilty, you know, have not feeling like you've got to apologise for saying I've done enough now I'm going to stop for a bit yeah you know, you know and, it, and it's okay to say that that's perfectly fine
1: yeah absolutely it is in fact I would say I would go a step further and say it's not only okay to have a rest it's essential to have a rest mm. if you're not resting when you need to then you're not doing yourself any favours and you won't be efficient anyway well, so you know it's a case of finding the best freshest way of tackling things. yeah
0: was that you? Uh, sorry, that was, I, I, I just, <laughs> after it beat a minute ago, I just quietly reached out and turned off my tablet. Well, I thought I'd turn off my tablet, and it turns out it was in a half-turned-off mode. It before, <laughs> sorry.
1: It's all right, don't worry. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking also about the importance of sleep, getting a
0: good night's sleep. Quite, that's and, interesting. Um, so for you, what, what, what would you say is a good night's sleep?
1: No, so what, what would I consider a good night's yeah. sleep? That's very, very pertinent at the moment because um, I used to have about five hours sleep a night and, um, you know, that went on for a long time, but I'd be quite tired during the day the next day. So uh, anyway, um, yes, I used to have about five hours sleep Mm. and um, I knew it wasn't enough because I'd feel really sleepy the next day, often have a nap, you know, at some point during the day. So I've been consciously trying to increase my level of sleep, hence the new bed. And that's that's one of the reasons why I've got a new right. bed. But um, I'm sleeping like a log now. It's fantastic. But I've been deliberately trying to get seven or eight hours sleep. And um, and it's been hard going because I sort of built it up to six hours per right. night. And um, I'm a morning person anyway, so I'm awake really early and, you know, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed oh. first thing in the morning. So that's, <laughs> that hasn't changed. But um, I found because I've deliberately been trying to sleep for seven, eight hours at a stretch, it's unusual for me to get eight hours, but seven now seems to be my, my new norm, which okay. is lovely. The quality of sleep is much better than when I was just sleeping for five or six well. hours. And, um, but I found that if I go to bed at a certain time, um, say about half an hour before I plan to go to sleep and maybe read for half an hour, just do something to unwind. So I'm not expected right into bed, fall asleep. You know, that doesn't work for me. It does for, um, for my other half, bless him. Yeah. He just, his head touches the pillow. He's away. Wow. <laughs> he's I, I,
0: I envy him for that. I, I wish I could be like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's very good, but um, no, I'm, I'm the same. I mean, I'm not the same as him, but um, but no, I find that allowing about half an hour for reading or something that's, you know, just an unwinding thing, maybe just a bit of relaxation or something before I drop off, and that seems to work really well.
0: Okay. Yeah, I see, I'm, I, I, certainly when I, when I was in my in my 20s and early 30s, I, I I could easily, very comfortably get by on five hours. Very, very comfortably. It is. I and I didn't feel the need for a nap or anything in the middle of the day. I, I, could, I just went all the way through, and, and it was – genuinely, I was fine. Um, what, what I've noticed in the last maybe couple of years is that I seem to uh, – I, I, I can't go through the night right, in one block. I can't completely sleep entirely um for me it's I'll, I'll go to bed usually about sort of 11 or so i'll I'll sleep until maybe about 2 2 30 I'll, I'll, I'll wake bolt up right i literally I'm, a, I'm as awake as i am now and it's in the middle of the day I, i'm wide awake and whether i lay there quietly just sort of trying to drift off or whether I'm, <clears throat> i sit up and read or whether i come into the front room and do i don't know whatever it's the same <laughs> you know um, and then about mm-hmm. half three yeah about, well, about an hour later I will drift off back to sleep and I'll sleep again through till about six so in total I'm probably sleeping a bit more than than I used to you know probably about six probably about six hours but I I just can't sleep through the night I just, I just for some reason my you know and, and I've, I've tried. Yeah, you, know, you can get these herbal things. You know, like calms and um, things that you, you take. It's meant to kind of like help chill you out. I'm not stressed or anything about anything. Nothing's on my mind. I'm not anxious about anything. But but my body clock is that. You know, I have these two kind of windows of sleep, and and my body almost compelling me not to sleep in the middle. You know, it's it's, it's strange. It's it's not a desire of mine. I, I have no desire to be awake at half two, three o'clock in the morning. Um But yeah, every morning I am. It's
1: um. that's interesting, and you haven't yet reached that age where you have to get up in the middle of the night for a bathroom break. No, not, not, no, 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 no. <laughs> so it's not it, it's funny.
0: I I got I, I'm start I, I've realised I've got into the habit of starting to get up in the middle of the night for a wee when I wake up. So it sort become it's becoming chicken and egg. I need I now need a wee when I wake up. <laughs> Right, I think right. I think it's a bit of a Pavlovian, but I think I, without realising I I'd probably programmed myself to do it now, um, which is yeah. a problem. But yeah, it's, it's it's strange. And if I if I do that, you no, know, obviously if if Brian's had a broken night and he, he 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 needs me, or if he comes into into my bed, which he probably kill me for doing saying this, but very occasionally he does, not very often anymore. Or if I have to check with him in the middle of the night, like I did the other night, he. I, I can't then get back to sleep very easily because if he, I if he had a right. bad dream, for example, I'm then thinking, oh, God, is he all right? Is he, I hope he's okay now. I'm then stewing like, I can't then sleep and I'm very grouchy the next day and, and I'm, I'm conscious it affects right. my mood very very much. If I don't get enough sleep now, my mood is more impacted than it was, would have been 20 years ago. If I, if I hadn't got enough sleep 20 years ago, I would have shrugged it off and gone into work the next day. Now, if I haven't got enough sleep... I'll, I'll get grouchy and a bit grumpy for a few hours.
1: Do you think that maybe you could do with a new mattress?
0: Funnily enough, I, I have been thinking, so I've got one of those memory foam mattresses, um, and right. I, I've probably had it. I, I, I've, I've flipped it a couple of times, but I've probably had it probably about, Six or seven years. Um,
1: okay, well, I heard somewhere you're supposed to change your mattress every eight. Oh,
0: months. really?
1: Is that right? Eight years, or was it eight months? No, <laughs> no, eight, no, it be eight months. Um, no, I, I, I think I heard oh, that okay. somewhere eight years. So, so you haven't had yours that long, have you? So it probably isn't that. If you've got the right sort of mattress, I've been. Um, I've just ordered a new mattress for the new bed. I mean, I'm sleeping really well on this new bed, and I've got, <laughs> I've got this um, peculiar arrangement on it at the moment until the mattress comes. I've got um, a very thin mattress from a, an old mm. sofa bed, and um, and then on top of that, I've got the um, inner part of a chair. You know the poang? The oh, yeah. Chair? Yeah, sort of thickish. I suppose it's about a couple of inches thick, so I've got that, but it's quite narrow. So as long as I stay on the narrow part, I'm fine. You know, I have a really good night's sleep. But uh, the new mattress is due soon. So I'm looking oh, forward that to ain't. that. Yeah. But, um, but I suppose in general terms, fatigue and dys- with dyspraxia particularly, I-, I think really and truly, of course, we're going to get fatigued. Of course, we're going to suffer from tiredness. And I think it's true, as you say, that, We don't Mm. know any different, but that doesn't mean it's not happening. You know, so I think if if we compare ourselves with someone who is neurotypical, I think we can expect to be more tired because of the extra effort that goes into doing absolutely everything we do.
0: Yeah, I I would agree with that. Yeah, because we are having to plan and calculate things a a lot more. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, even something as straightforward as closing a cupboard door, you know, um, my eldest son, who is dyspraxic, um, I know some time ago someone said, oh, he's always banging the doors, you know, because he bangs the doors. So, well, he's dyspraxic, you know, and it actually takes a lot of effort to just close the door carefully and quietly. It takes more effort than um, than I think a neurotypical person would appreciate. So, so, yes, of course we're more fatigued. So I hope that's going to help in some way. I hope... Um, what we've suggested as ways around it, because I don't think, you know, we're not going to get a miracle cure for no. tiredness. I don't think that's going to happen. No. But um, you're working out suitable strategies and knowing when to have a rest and having that rest and not feeling guilty about having rest I, I, when you I, need I one, agree. You know, I think uh, it's uh, so yeah, and
0: having happen. that in society where it is just not. Well, I think this whole concept of uh, gotta be active, like you said. Gotta be active all the time. Gotta be active. Gotta, will be busy because that's productive and that's how society works. Well, no, society is geared towards everyone, yeah. and if one person needs to stop, let them stop. There's nothing wrong in some people stopping, other people carrying on, and then vice versa. It, it, society isn't a one yeah. size fits all. That we all have to be busy, 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 and from from first thing morning to last thing at night. Why? Who says?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I think as far as our health, because that's what we're talking about ultimately, as far as that's concerned, who are we accountable to? Yeah, who is who is this sort of nagging, irritating person or entity who's telling us that we must be busy all the time? You know, it doesn't make sense. So I think that we're ultimately accountable to ourselves for our health. So it's up to us to know you know not to give ourselves a hard time you just enjoy doing what you're doing resting when you need to rest and just just enjoy yeah, it make I the most it. of it
0: all good place to end on barbara
1: so yes i think perhaps it is so i hope that's helped Carrie. Carry. yeah carry. Carrie. yeah so i hope that's helped Carrie. and um if anyone else has a question or um something that they'd like us to discuss please feel free to let us know and we'll be very happy to have a conflab around it <laughs> so on it's goodbye happens. from me and it's goodbye from him bye goodbye <laughs>